What up, what up, what up, film fans? This is Beer Bourbon in a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 82. 82. Oh, my God. Woo, we're aging. That's six years, folks. <laughs> This episode, we'll be reviewing Chevalier. Hereby anoint you, Chevalier. And a man called Otto. Hey, Otto! No. Don't you dare let that little rat dog piss on my walkway again. Yes. Tears. I had some tears. Lots of tears. <laughs> Tawana, glad yes, to be back. Yes. Wow, it's been a long time we've been doing this. It's a beautiful day <laughs> in New York City. Yes, it is. We're in the Harlem studio today. It's so nice outside. The air's a little thick, yeah, but and a lot of pollen. It's not rainy, <laughs> and it's warm. And uh, thanks to Will, who's on our the board today, yes, making sure yes. we sound good as always. Thank, thank you, you, Will, so much. <laughs> oh man, this episode. What are you going to be drinking today? Um, so of course I went to my favorite spot, Harlem Hops. Harlem Hops is it's that in Harlem, by the way? It's in Harlem. It's, in Harlem. it's black owned. Uh-huh. Get into it. Like a beer brewery it's a, it's a beer a beer hall, a brewery. Got it. It's the shit. Um, so anyway, I really like Harlem Hops. And I like Harlem Hops for several reasons. Mm-hmm. Their drafts always have interesting beers on tap. Right. Um, and they seem to try to go outside of their... The local, I mean, not the local. They get, try to go outside the usual types of beers that people would drink. Uh-huh. And their beers are always usually black-owned, woman-owned, um, black-brewed, uh, uh, people-of-color-brewed, so black-brown. Um, and I, I think it's interesting because it's, a lot of times it's like independent local spots and you find really interesting flavors. You can also go there for the average too. Like they have tons of there's it's a craft beer spot, you know, um hall. So they're going to have tons of craft beers that you can find. But what I like when I go there is I like to go and look at the board. And they have this big glass board and I needed to find something for the show. So I went after yoga yesterday. And was like, what can work with these films? And I found um, Brown Girls Brew, which I'm assuming is their company, Brown Girls Brew. Okay. And they had a um, they had a beer called Carrot Cake, and I thought that worked with Chevalier, considering it was Marie Antoinette's time. Let them eat cake, and she loved eating some cake, right? <laughs> um, and also. Considering Chevalier is about like one of the first black virtuosos, um, I thought it would be great to use a black owned, woman owned um, brew. Also, this is pretty fucking good. It's an amber ale, it's a uh, 6.1. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it captures the essence of, of carrot cake perfectly. It's unique. Um, it has a nice blend of spices, including what tastes like nutmeg, cinnamon, vanilla. Now, don't 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 get me wrong. Um, 
it's a complement of the sweet carrot cake flavor. It's not an overwhelming uh, taste. It's not super sweet. I think the balance of the various flavors is is really kind of remarkable in the sense that um, it's just the right amount of sweetness. And the sweetness hits you on the bottom of your palate. So when you when you taste it, 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 it begins as an amber ale and it's got this beautiful amber color and I'll post it on the on our uh, Instagram, of course. But um, it really is 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 an interesting surprise. The beer's got a really smooth texture, nice medium body. It's very easy to drink. Um, I wouldn't even call this a dessert drink. It's just, it's got that nice balance. It's Mm well-rounded. The sweetness, the subtle sweetness, lingers on the palate at the bottom, at the end. So it, 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 I think, I think it's good for beer connoisseurs, casual drinkers. Um, I think it has a, I think it has an indulgence to it that reminds me of Chevalier too. You know, it's, it's that indulgence and it's, it's a bit of a deconstruction of a carrot cake, okay. which, which I think is interesting. But with that being said, what it reminds me of is, uh, a slice of pumpkin pie ale. For those beer fans of yours, I think I did this on the show too, actually. It's a while ago. A slice of pumpkin pie ale was a seasonal brew made uh-huh. made by Chelsea Craft Brewing Company, which has since closed, sadly, because I didn't get to indulge enough with this beer. But it reminds me of that. So for those of you who've had a slice of pumpkin pie ale, you'll understand what I mean um, when I say there's a decadence about it, but yet a deconstruction that that is so nice on the palate that and I uh, I'll have another. <laughs> this was tasty. Wow. Yeah. And and I guess I mean I tried looking it up. They're a small group, so please go look them up and support. Um, they're also listed as a brown ale American company, but go support because they don't have a lot of. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, ladies. Feel free. Hashtag BBM podcast. I don't see a lot of presence on the internet from you guys. So for your, I see you're a group or some sort, but um, I'd love to know more about this ale because it's, it's amazing. I don't know who brewed it either. I mean, I'm assuming they did. They probably brewed it in conjunction with a local brewery of some sort, but tasty. Wow. Get yourself some. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I said, I think, you know, in in situations and locations where you might not be able to find this beer, you know, look for those ales and things that strike your fancy. You know, try to stretch yourself a little bit beyond the typical beers you find in bars and and stuff like that. Look for look for some different types of craft beers in in your market that, you know, say something to you and speak to you as a consumer and and, and to your taste. Yeah. Well, go past the blue moons and I'm not. Knocking a blue moon at all because if I go into a spot and blue moon is what they got, that's the first choice I'm making. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is there are other styles than Sam Adams, you know, um, who's another uh good beer company. But I think there are a lot of people doing a lot of things trying to expand this these flavor profiles, these knowledges, the I mean, the knowledge of beer in various mm. first of all. The intersectionality is crazy. There are queer beer makers. There are trans queer makers. There are black, brown, Asian, people of color. Women. Women. 
Um, tons of women are making beers now. And so don't, it's not the old days when your dad was like, no women don't drink beer type of shit or your boyfriend or whoever told you that ignorant ass remark. But mm-hmm. we do drink beer. We like beer and, you know, make it happen. Hell, Harlem Hops is owned by two women. Right. Two of the three owners. So it's like, you know, we are here and it's an, it's, it's an actuality. So don't be ashamed or not ashamed, but don't be afraid, I should say, to go out and try it because um, there's someone just like you. What you got, Vaughn? Well, what I decided to do, oh. one, we're recording very early in the morning, <laughs> this episode, and two, I wanted to let people know that there are ways of having bourbon other than drinking them in old fashions in Manhattan. There's mm-hmm. so many different ways of having bourbon. And so this today I decided to bring Buffalo Trace to the table. And Buffalo's Trace is one of the oldest distilleries in the country from Franklin, Kentucky. An amazing bottle of bourbon and it's reasonably priced and you can get it in most of your locations. For some, it might be a little expensive, but even in New York, it's only like $35 a bottle. Mm-hmm. So, and, that, and that's a great price. And, um, you know, it's, um, how many, oh, it's 90 proof. I, I really like a hundred proof, but 90 proof will get us started in the day. <laughs> I mean, you know. It is morning time here. I mean, you just gotta settle for the 90s. I'll settle for the 90s. <laughs> um, you know, 45% alcohol by volume. So that that's a good, that's a good cocktail sip and drink. And that's what Buffalo Trace is known for. And um, it's, it's just a good bottle of, of whiskey. And uh, so what I decided to do was do, because everybody's drinking espresso martinis. So there's a bourbon twist on the espresso martini. And what we did was I was following a, a TikTok influencer. He's one of my bourbon TikTok friends. And uh, what he did was the bourbon espresso martini, which is uh, bourbon espresso Kahlua. And um, and uh, like a bourbon cream, which if you can't find bourbon cream, Bur- Bailey's works. Bailey's does the same thing. And this drink is fantastic. It is very tasty. It's great for an after dinner because usually those drinks initially started as an after dinner cocktail. So because no- normally people would have coffee after dinner. So people that wanted to have a little bit more of a cocktail, they decided to make an espresso martini with it. So instead of using vodka, I chose to use bourbon. And it is absolutely delicious. I would recommend it, you know, post-brunch, before brunch, during brunch. It is nice. However you want to do it. It's definitely a nice drink to have. And um, It's also like an after-dinner meal, too. mm, Definitely. I can see having this after a steak or something Mm -hmm. hearty, like steak and potatoes, chicken and potatoes, some sort of roasted dish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, roasted meat dish. And the beauty of the notes of Buffalo Trace, because there's that vanilla and that toffee and the candied fruit, it it heightens the the flavors of the coffee too. So I highly recommend it. And um, we're gonna post the recipe so you'll get to see it. Mm-hmm. I wish you could taste it because I'm on I'm on batch number two. Now yeah. I'm gonna have another when we shoot the imagery. Yes. But once again, I definitely highly recommend it to you. Yes, I think it it's it's a it's a good starter for the day. It is, it is. I don't know where the day is gonna go now. I since, don't know what it is. Since I'm starting with go. 90 proof, but we're gonna see. It might start with a meal though, because neither of us have had that. Well, I did have a little snack. <laughs> oh, you I, had a little snack. I couldn't do 90 proof without a little uh, meal. I was in yoga. 
<laughs> but let's uh, let's jump into some industry news. There's a lot happening in Hollywood right now, and I think it's going to affect everything that in every form of content that we've been viewing over the last few years. Yeah, it it almost feels like uh, not apropos. It almost feels like lackluster to talk about stuff that's coming out, but it's like, will it come out? Right. <laughs> I guess it's coming out, but it's like, you know. Well, the good thing is that strike. a lot of stuff that's already been done, it's already been packaged and done and yes, completed. Yes, packaged and done and that's, completed. That's all going to come out because they have to yeah, use they, all that content. They've continued their, well, they've they've been, they've completed their contract, so they can't right. avoid it. Right. But it, it's it's just interesting to see, Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, currently, uh, I believe they're called WGA, right? WGA. Right, Guild of America yes, WGA. is on strike. And if you are aware enough, you knew this happened back 20 years ago, 19 years ago, mm-hmm. there was a writer's strike. So roughly 2023, 20, something like that. And now it's, and back then it cost a billion dollars. They were out for a hundred days Yep. and it cost the, the LA economy and all of us a lot of money. And um, so it's yeah. going to. And it affected how television was done, how right. movies were done. We got we got tons of um, reality shows, reality shows, and found footage movies. Yep, because yep. of it. Because you didn't have to depend on the writers to script the shows, and that's why all of your nighttime shows, you know, your uh, Stephen Colbert's, yeah. your all those kind of shows are not. They're all in reruns right now because there are no writers to write it. There's no SNL. There's none of those kinds of shows. Yeah. Uh, eventually, the soap operas will go into repeats because once they run out of by the summer, once they run out of the scripts, yeah, that are already written, there won't be any new content until the strike is over. Yeah, and it's based on the fact that the writers want more money for all that streaming yes. content. And they're just trying to protect themselves against AI right. and all the ways that the big studios are stealing money out of their pockets right. and truly not paying the people for their value of their work. Right. And so I think that hopefully this will get resolved soon. What I'm enjoying about it is the fact that not only is it the writers out on the picket line, but it's also the actors. The actors. And there the are some producers and directors producers out there with them. Who are like, I won't cross their picket line. Right. Because it could be us. Right, and there have been shows that were canceled because the different actors refused to do the shows, like the award shows and things like that yeah, got canceled. Yeah, that, that'll be a change too, the because award shows. Because the, the actors decided, well, I'm, I'm in support of the writers, and since we, we the writers are on strike, I'm mm-hmm. not going to do these shows yeah. in the meantime. So it's, it's things like that, but there are a lot of movies that were in production that are now halted, like uh, the new Blade film with um, Mahershala Ali. Yeah. Has, is now put on hold yeah, due to the writer strike. But the thing about that film, it's totally been, there's a new director now, and then there's a new script. And so it's I like, mean, what is going to happen with that? We can let this go. We can let this go. I don't <laughs> think we need a new Blade. And like, case it's in happening. Point, case in point to what my interesting news is, like they're redoing, um, they, they're making a sequel to Beetlejuice. Yes. And so like Justin Thoreau and a few other people are, have been, um attached to it and so bit by bit and it was a there was another actress that was attached to it um that just made some news the girl from uh wednesday no it's it's monica bella uh bella lucci mm-hmm. Belucci, i'm sorry no bella Belucci, yeah i'm sorry um we've seen her in a number of things but she's now joined the sequel as well 
So I don't know where they're going to go with this. I don't see why this needs a sequel, but you know, there, this is the point of the writer's strike. They have so much material in America. When you think about the landscape, there are two huge, huge, um, film businesses. Yes, Britain has one. Yes, Canada has one. But the biggest are America and India. India puts out something like 1,200 to 1,500 films a year. Here in America, that means a director there would direct five movies a year. Here in America, if a director made one to two movies a year, he was considered, or she, was considered successful. Right. So think about the landscape of that. And so... In, t- in terms of that, it's like in India, people sometimes in their poorer provinces have to decide whether they'll watch a movie or they'll eat for the night. But that's how important Bollywood is to them there. Right, right, right. Here in America, it's important, but the business is more cutthroat. And so I'm supporting these guys in their strike. You can't replace them. And yes, you will try. But the nuance in the heart of the films will, will be missing. Yes. AI can't write can't write humanity right um there will always be a bit missing there and so just like they did with with um the streaming rights for music you got to give them a break and cut them in you can't cut the like they were cutting the artists out of like like spotify's and apple's musics of the world were cutting the, the 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 musicians out they weren't getting their fair share of the cut and so now it's the writer's portion i mean they waited 20 fucking years I mean, cut them a break. And they're not asking for a lot. They're asking for a small percentage. I think it's like 2 to 4%. You can't give that. Yeah, it's really really interesting. And and then there was also in the, I was watching a piece over the weekend about the the black writers in Hollywood protesting Mm -hmm. and a lot of the black actors Mm -hmm. and directors and producers were also out in protest to march with them to make sure that they were getting fair equity and all the writers of color, the Latin and Asian mm-hmm. writers, everybody's trying to. This is an opportunity for everybody to be represented and and exposed in this in this situation about equity and making yeah. sure that everybody's getting paid and women and yeah, so on and so forth. So it's just that it's important to know that we we all depend on this content. This show wouldn't exist if there wasn't content there for wasn't us to content, talk about. Really, and uh, we know from making content. You know, the effort that goes into all of it. And, yeah. um, you know, I've worked on a few strips, scripts in my life and Tawana has too. Yeah. And, you know, and, and you know, Will, our producer, he's a super producer and he's building content every day. So I think that it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you need you need this introspection of of life and, and art to to live for us because we, we definitely need to have it. But it's definitely going to make an impact because a lot of shows have been delayed like television shows so it's going to affect all of that because one of our favorites p valley is on hold now and they were shooting their oh, next p Valley's on hold? they're on hold because of the writer's strike. strike i mean we waited first of all they were on hold for COVID, and then now they're on hold for the writer's strike we ain't never gonna see this in 2024 it's gonna be at least 2024 because now they're we all on the picket line we they're now to... on the picket lines they well, stopped production a couple of them are writers and then the writer and the creator of that show Yep, they is literally it, stopped production woman, so like, because they wanted to be out on the picket lines yeah. with the the writers. So you know, it shows like that that are you know kind of on hold, and, and there are other things. So we're gonna see a lot of things, 
you know, there's going to be a lot of game shows coming. So get I ready. I was going to say that that was also what 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 got reintroduced. Yeah, get ready for 20, all of the game shows. 23, 2022 was the game shows were reintroduced into our world. And I don't think people care as much. But, you know, whatever. I mean, the mass Singer is, is blowing up. I don't really watch that. And the voices of the world will keep going, and the singing competitions, yep, American will be great. Idol, all and those the things. top chefs, and all those will 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 keep pumping because it's all reality. <laughs> Housewives of this chicken, that chick. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it it'll it'll keep going. Yeah, for sure. But uh, you know, that's that's a part of the industry that we like is. to talk about. So, like I said, if you. You know, if you're out here on the picket line, you know, we're, we're thinking about you and, and we right. care. In solidarity. Yes, we care about you. So uh, care about you, let's please. talk about some movies that are already done and out here for people to watch and to see. Yes, yes, yes. So um, the first film that we'd like to review is called Chevalier. Chevalier. I realized the more I exiled. The less I was alone. Were you always so competitive? Starring Kelvin Harrison Jr., um, Samara Weaving. Uh, God, there were so many people in that film. Um, Samara Weaving. Uh, let's see. Lucy Boyton playing Marie Antoinette. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce this woman's name. Her her name in the film was Nana, and she was uh, Chevalier's mom, Ronke Adekoli Joe. Ooh, I got that. That was good. Beautiful African woman. Beautiful African woman. Um, Mini Driver, trying to hit the high points. She there. was great, too. Um, ben Bradshaw. So based on the true story of a composer, uh, Joseph Bellone? Yes. Yes. Chevalier de Saint-Georges, the illegitimate son of an African slave and a French plantation owner, who rises to the heights of French society as a composer before an ill-fated love affair tends to bring it all down. Mm-hmm. Yes. Directed by Stephen Williams. Um, should I start? Absolutely. Go ahead. Uh, all right. Well, you know. You know I have so much love for Calvin that I, I can... Kevin, I can talk about him well, all yeah. day. Kelvin, we love because Kelvin, Kelvin has been in a million films. He's and been it's in, Kevin, right? It's Kevin. It's, it's Kelvin. Kelvin. Okay, Kelvin. got it. I'm gonna get it right. Yeah, it's Kelvin. Kelvin. Williams. I love his Kelvin work. Harrison Jr. Um, he's been in so many films, and we've reviewed them all. We've reviewed a lot of them. Loose. It comes at night. Waves. Monsters of Men. Um, those are just kind of the highlights. The photograph. The photograph. Yes. Uh, he was in Godfather of Harlem. If you're watching that television show, he was in that, and that's actually a really good show. Um, God, he's been in so many films. Uh, the High Note, Cyrano. He was in the recent Cyrano. He was BB King in Elvis. Yes, and he was so good in that. He was funny. Yes, I just, I just he was M O K in uh, Ingenious, which um, was the Aretha Franklin story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been in a lot of a lot of films that we liked. Uh, he's a fantastic young actor who's going to have an illustrious career uh, uh, amongst them. What I really liked about this film, first of all, bravo to art design and costume. Sensational. You, you were able to set the period 
and the pace of the film in which we firmly grasp the foundation for. Immediately, I mean, massive amounts of sets, props, uh, costume, wardrobe, hair, makeup, makeup. Oh yes, makeup too. Sorry guys, makeup and hair. Everything you, you was were beautiful. in there as well. Um, and then second, secondly, uh, and not secondly. Also, let's let's give big props to music. Yes, to the to the sound department, um, to the music department. Cinematography was phenomenal. Of course, and so. and what jumped out to me was editing. Yes, editing as well. But it, I I just love, for example, I, there was times like when they would move from one scene to the other, he would walk across a room. Yeah, and they, his his movement would take us into the next scene. There was a lot of tracking. Yeah, and I was like, I I love to see that, and I and I just like and and and. You, all the all the things that you love about how they shot through objects and windows and yeah, things. I, I love when they shoot through frames all of because that it's there. framing within a frame. Mm-hmm. It's changing the concept of foreground versus background, so that that's always really great. And and the cinematographer, by the way, just a little uh, segue was Jess Hall, mm-hmm. who had who had done a number of things: Ghost in the Shell, Hot Fuzz, Transcendence, Grindhouse. Okay. Um, so that's why the pacing was so that's why the pacing was great, and that's why, um, he has an interesting take. He also did the recent film called, um, not recent film, it, it's a uh, a television series called The Consultant. Mm-hmm. I believe it's on like Roku, it's on, it's on uh, Prime, it's on Prime too. It's a Prime show, yeah, because it's, it's also, it's also on Roku. Anyway, he did uh, an episode or two for them. Um, but the look of it That's was That's the one with Kristoff. Yes, Kristoff was. So, uh, the pacing of it was really good. And they, which of course is also writing, but the pacing in terms of what we mean is like the movement on screen, what we right. can actually see. Um, there was a lot of movement, a lot of floating in a sense. Mm. Um, we were always made to be in the, in the POV, um, of Chevalier. Yeah, or the others that that objectified him, and I use that because Valier was a black man in Paris in right. the Marie Antoinette age, and I'm not even going to pretend I know what time period that was, but that was right before the French Revolution. Right, and there was still slavery happening in America, and people were coming over from there to sort of escape right. it. Right. Um, as they would in England as well. And that's why his father brought him over to Paris to or France to attend this prestigious, you know, College, music school yeah. in order for him to train be trained yeah. in the violin. And he was also a a, a, a world fencer. famous fencer, fencer and very so. popular. And so, you know, he had to deal with the the strife and the racism of being a black person in this time. Yeah, and and it was it really just, it was no difference from today. So. Not really much. <laughs> not but, a lot, you know. And this was before <laughs> we got some laws now. Maybe. You know, this was before <laughs> things changed for blacks and and how we used to flood ourselves and leave America and go to France and stuff like that. But this was long before that. This so was long before that. It, this was even before a war. This is right before the French Revolution. Yes, when you know they removed Marie Antoinette from power, and, right, and, and her the, head, and her head, and from her shoulders, right. and the 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 people revolted and demanded of um, 
the the monarchy to be more responsive, uh, much like what they're doing now. Right, it, uh. it, it is very true. But I and I like a I like a good protest movie, so I think that this this hit all those but it, buttons for sure. It's beautiful in the sense that it doesn't start off as a protest movie, and mm-hmm. it doesn't overwhelm you. And I say this with all due respect, it doesn't overwhelm you with the antebellum age. It speaks from this man's perspective, right? And it it this was what was really interesting to me. And um, resonated with me was that when his father, a white slave owner, dropped him off, the very first thing he said to him before he left was, you need to be the best at everything you do here. They will question you at every turn. Mm -hmm. So you must be the best. And that trope still exists today. We are always told to excel higher than the next because no one will give us the benefit of the doubt. So we must prove them without a shadow of a doubt that our race is not an inferiority to our person. It is a brilliance and a power that keeps us stronger than most. And so when I said that, I was like, oh, this, I mean, when I heard that, I was like, oh, this poor kid. And the thing (laughs) about it too was, his father let him know that if you're the best at this, they can never put you down. They can never take it from mm-hmm. you, essentially. I mean, they can in a sense, but they can't take your skill, your brilliant, your talent. Right. And they will um they will acclimate to your to your rise. Yeah, and they did. Because they can't they can't deny your your talent. They can deny your complexion, but they cannot deny your talent. And so he really survived based on that, on this. He was the Jay-Z and Beyonce of his time. And so, you know, everyone loves them. So, you know, everyone wants to grab onto a celebrity, the person that's creating the most buzz about um, an art. And and France was full of artistry. Yes. So, um, but, uh, I, it, you know, it was all good just a week ago <laughs> until he realized he was black. Yeah, and, and then they, and then all of a sudden they let him know. I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. He didn't realize he was black. He was reminded that he was black. Yeah, he was reminded by others that he was by black. By others, he, you, you've he touched excelled, the sun, right? He had excelled to so many heights, and he was yeah. so popular and so famous, and people but, were just hanging at at his every breath. Yeah, and and you know, he was arrogant though. He was arrogant. He was full of it. himself because he had reached the heights. Right, and you know what? And he got reminded. And I think that the thing too with him was the fact that he was alone doing it. There was no. Nobody well, there was, was no one it. else doing it. There was no support. There was no. There was no peer group. He was out there by himself, and so I, I guess mean, he, he was felt, a pioneer. I felt like he. He felt like I did this, and I did this by myself, and so why yeah. can't I be proud of myself in doing yeah. that? And I appreciate that. I appreciate that part of him, but um, you know, it's 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 a great story. I love the interaction with he and his mother when she's freed and allowed to come there and be with him. Because then he got a taste of his former culture and that of his African heritage. Well, yeah, and, well, and all it pulled of him that. back in into and who all he was. of that. Because you know, I think you know, as black people living in the world, we always we have to straddle the line of both worlds. You know, we and we're always code switching back and forth, and 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 being in one space one minute and one space another minute. But it's always important to acknowledge where you come from and, yeah. and um the ground that from which you were born and the, the ancestors foundation. that led the way for you yeah. and i think that that this movie really capped into that and I, I just 
the the scenes of her braiding his hair and, and just yeah. the conversations that she would have with him and talking about and, you know what her struggle was like and how she was trying to find him. Right. And I'm assuming she was a French origin. I'm assuming she was like Sierra Leone or Congo, Congolese or one of those because she was speaking um, or Haiti. She could have been Haitian. Um, she was speaking. It didn't. I uh, I want to say it could have been some sort of um, Creolish style of language, but it was a definite separate language that she was speaking to the other Africans. Right, and they, um, and they had their own community. They there. had their own yes, community. They were the servers, but I, I think because they were in France and they were easily able to code switch into French, it they had to be part of some sort of French colonized yes. um, African country. Yes. Um. So. Yeah. Colonialism. Oh, of course, colonial everywhere. Colonialism is everywhere. <laughs> but you know, I think, but. like I said, there was it. It brought those layers into the yes into the film, which was good, and it was interesting to know. And what I appreciate about all of this stuff is that we're now learning about Chevalier and his contributions to music, and the fact that he was the first. Virtuoso, Black virtuoso, and, and his music was actually destroyed a right, lot of because it because Napoleon mm. once once Marie Antoinette was yeah. killed and the revolution and Napoleon came. took over. Yeah, he 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 destroyed. He destroyed a lot of the music. all of Chevalier's music and his yeah. legacy, and they was trying to hide it from the people. And he also reinstituted slavery in France. Yeah, and so um, I think that. It's one of those things about history. If you don't know your history, you will be doomed it. to repeat it. America, Florida, Texas, mm. wake up and and realize that all of these things mm. you can't hide from your past, and you can't decent. You know, you can't take away the ugliness of your past yeah. and try to make it. Oh, I don't want my children to know about the, all yep. the evil things that we exactly. did here. But you did them. But, you did them. But acknowledge that they exist. Right. And you don't actually have to take it on as a personal trope. Right. You, your it's not ancestors your fault, did it. Your ancestors did it. And okay. And, uh, and, um, and, and you benefit from the privilege of society um, and your class and your, well, in America, it's really more of your race. Right. But there is no class There's no class here. It's it's the one percent and the ninety nine percent, right? Um, but but yeah, if you don't if you don't uh, learn the lesson, you're doomed to repeat it. But you know that's not just an American thing because France is learning this lesson, right? Um, right now, uh, China seems to be learning this lesson. Russia is learning this lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, Ukraine is like, go oh, fuck yourself in the ass. I'm not fucking returning to USSR. We're not doing that. Right. So there's been, you know, um, there's been a lot of revolts, and as of late, and um, you know, people people are remembering who they are and 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 standing up. And so Chevalier is is a bit of a piece of that. Also, I would be remiss if I don't mention Samara uh, Weaving, who is she was so good at it, too. such a good little actress. I shouldn't say little actress; I feel like that belittles her. But I mean, she's she's, she's a, a small woman, but she's she's a she's such a beautiful bug eyed woman, and she has such performance. <laughs> she has such performance, and she reminds me of a Margot uh, Robbie. And that's not to take away from her. I think I think the two of them in a movie would be phenomenal. Um, they look like sisters almost. It's so odd, but they're both really good, good actresses. Is she also from Australia? She, I believe she is. I believe she's Australian. Um, 
If she's not Australian, she's a Kiwi, but I'm pretty sure she's also an Australian. Yeah, Adelaide. Yep, so she's from Australia. She's also Australian. Yeah, these Australians be kicking in these actresses, man. And you know what I love about her performance? She's so such a chameleon. She can be so yes. many different things. She's a true character in, actress. In all of the films that she's been in, she's, you couldn't. You know, you couldn't pair them up and say, oh, that's her. She's doing the same thing because she's never doing the no. same thing twice. And I don't know how they created that whole, because she's a singer in the film or opera singer, an actress. I don't know how they created her sound, but that was also a bit phenomenal. It, it, it was a really interesting take on how things are completed. And just also how it took, what it took to live in that time. Right. As a woman, and she wanted to, she was an artist and, and her husband wanted to hold her down and, and not let her. Not let her express who she was. Bully patriot. But she was driven by her talent. She was driven by her talent and, and her desires. And mm-hmm. it would not be denied. And she was, she was, you know, she was a rebel. She was, she was definitely a fighter. And in the protest that was happening during the time, she was asking about what was going to happen for women. She wasn't, it wasn't just yes. about the freedom of everyone, but it was also about the freedom and liberation of women. Yes. And for that to be, you know, for that kind of character to exist during that time. You know, just like Chevalier, women were in the same, they had a foot on their yeah, neck women, too. Women were, were second class citizens as well. And they still are in some regards. Uh, right. Abortion, anyone. But I digress. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, anyway, I'll say this. I thought this was a really good film. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like it's leaving. We've just barely caught it. It's leaving the theaters, but, but it will I'm be on sure streaming. Sure, you can stream it very easily. And I need Calvin to continue working. Please, yeah. please, of course, please, Calvin. Just do Cal- everything. I, I, Calvin's got a list of uh, future films. Just do IMDb. everything. I just, so. I, I have to. I tell people all the time: if you, if you've seen anything he's ever done, Waves blows my mind. So I just think that you know, there's just so many things. There's so many films that he's been in, and I wish he had a bigger role in the in the photographer or the photograph. The photograph. Because that was the movie with um, Lakeith and um, Issa Rae. I actually wished he was Lakeith's character, but uh, you know things happen the way they do, and he's one of those one of those actors that it, it's just really important to to watch young actors doing their thing. And I, I'm glad that he's able to do it. And I feel like one day we'll be talking about him the way we talk about Denzel because he's going to build a legacy of films and he's not doing your typical things. He has never in any of his films been thug number one, thug number two. He's never been that character. So I think that, you know, it's changing the game in in, in, in how he wants to do the work and he's picking roles that work really good and represent a whole different type of black person in the world and not just in America, but in the world. And so it's good to see that. And it it makes me hopeful because I get so tired of the same trope with, with actors, especially actors of color. I'm I'm happy to see what he does. Yeah. He's one of the, one of the younger brilliant actors that's in, in the game right now. And I think we'll be seeing him for quite a while. Oh, for sure. So this is a, for me, I don't know, four and a half, five. It's hard to give this a number. That's not high. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like we said, stream it. It's a five for me. If, Look for it. Catch it. Catch it if you can. Like here in New York, Lincoln Center was still playing it. Try and catch it if you can. Maybe something downtown is playing it. Angelica might be playing it. There are a few right. art houses that would definitely because be showing Because it was under this. the Artesian series, yeah. Artisan series in, in uh, AMC. So 
it it definitely stands out in that. And a lot of the trailers we saw were definitely very art house yeah. and, 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 and really interesting stuff. So I'm glad that those kind of movies are still being made. And uh, like I said, I, I, I'm definitely giving it a five because I can watch his work all day. Yep. And, I, and I like the historical perspective. And after spending so much time on Queen Charlotte this last two weeks, I think that it's interesting to see that because it all kind of fell into place. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into A Man Called Otto. Always this unfriendly. I am not unfriendly. Okay, you're not. Every word you say is like a warm cuddle. A Man Called Otto. Directed by Mark Forrester, who I will discuss later. There's interesting parallels with him. Um, starring Tom Hanks, Maria Trevino, and a host of others. Uh, Otto is a grump who's given up on life uh, following the loss of his wife and wants to end it all. Um, when a young family moves in nearby, he meets his match in a quick-witted marathon and leading which leads, I'm sorry, to a friendship that will really turn his entire life around. I'll let you start off this one. Tawana, you know, these these are my kind of stories. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely love this film. I watched it and it was just, it, you know, it's one of those simple stories about a simple man who was just at the end of his rope and he had, you know, his wife had passed and he was, missing her and in his life in the past and he kind of was ready to try to join her mm-hmm. and you know and but then of course life throws those curbs at you and it just really it, it was so heartfelt and and I think Tom Hanks performance was so pure you know there wasn't a lot of crazy dialogue and a lot of exposition it was just and the way they would weave in the past with the present was so beautifully done and I think that in life, you know, as you get older, as you get older, you start seeing life in a different way. And, and your reflections, mm-hmm. you know, teach you something. You you reflect back on the past and you learn something from it. Mm-hmm. Even when you're in the moment, you, you might not necessarily have gathered the lesson. But right. as you get older, when you reflect back on something, it teaches you something. And I think that he he was in that space of... You know, just trying to find himself, and he was lonely. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've been talking about loneliness, especially for men. There's a there's a whole movement around loneliness for men in America, and this movie kind of sets out that that journey and what it is to lose someone that you you know you were with for many many years. Mm-hmm. And um, and it just it was just such a powerful film in a subtle kind of way, in a very subtle. Uh everyday man nuance type of way. It was really pretty. I mean, what 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 I got from it, I just thought it was about life and its beauty and its sadness. Um as time passes and what we go through, what we what we acquire, what we lose, what we gain after we lose, what we then acquire again and with every loss comes something new and beautiful coming behind it and when we are in the depths of our sorrow um hopefully you know you're able to see the life this is what the story told me hopefully you're able to see what life has to also offer you when something is taken yeah and when you think it's over there's there's always something so you know so much so much more you know 
Otto wasn't about the guy who hated the world. He just hated the people that were ruining it. (laughs) (laughs) He wanted it to be a certain way. He wanted things to be a certain way. He was a very precise guy. And um, he just couldn't really live without it. What I liked about this film a lot was the way uh, they exhibited death. Mm -hmm. Death was, and the flashbacks were really sweet. Um, And how they would connect the two, the transition of the two from one to the other and back again. Right. Was really sweet and beautiful, and I know that we've mentioned some 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 moments of 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 depth and sorrow and you know possible suicides, but um, while there is a warning at the beginning, it is not graphic. It is not tragic. There's nothing uh, super hard, but I guess be be warned. So they do put that at the beginning. Yeah, they, of the film. they give you the trigger warnings for anyone who's experienced it or right. thinking about experiencing it. But I will say that, irregardless of your history, um, it does have a softer landing than it sounds. So uh, it's 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 really pretty in that regard, and I I just I just love how they intertwine the the flashbacks. I thought they were really cool. Mm-hmm. Beautiful stuff. Right. It was just, I, I, you know, I, I sat with it as I was watching it, because me and Tawana watch movies in in quite a different way. Mm-hmm. She's very visceral in in her reactions yeah. to movies. I sit and take them in. I sit very quietly in a mm-hmm. movie unless something is just really crazy and it makes me want to laugh. Mm-hmm. But in in these kinds of movies, I kind of sit and I let I let myself absorb it. Right and. And and we were talking about as we were watching. I was like, "Oh, Tawana, that's very you." And she was like, "Oh no, that's very you." Yeah. And it was just because we were watching it together. And I think that it's it's something interesting about the fact. But I feel like it's also something about getting older and seeing your life. You know, you kind of reflecting back on your life yeah. and, and and just kind of want some things to be familiar and some things to be the same. Yeah. And and you know, he he just because you want to find comfort in that because he you was very much looking for comfort. Yes. In, in his thing. And all his friends around him were kind of the same way. Yeah, they were. Well, like, you know, when as you age, you notice there, there are milestones that mm-hmm. happen in your life. And right. um, when you're 20, I, I mean, I guess when you're in your teens and when you're in your 20s, you can see it, but it, it just feels like you're along for the ride. But right. as you start passing them 40s, right. 40s really <laughs> smack you in the fucking face and go, bitch, this is what's happening. 17 people are getting married that were your friends. 17 people are having kids. These people are not having kids. These people, you know, um, you know, are not married. These so right. then you fall into sort of cliques. Right. And then as you get older than that, then it starts to be health concerns and right. money. And so they're they're and I don't mean to say that in a diminutive, in a it's, uh, no, negative, it's scary way, but it's very it's real. real. And so you have to learn to ride the ride instead of resisting the changes because the resistance is what hurts. Right. And and Otto was resisting until he met, uh, how did she pronounce her name? Marisol. Marisol, yes. And she Marisol. Fantastic. Who is actress. an amazing comic relief oh, actress. I love she was everything the, about her. Her and that guy, the tall, her, her husband. And the tall guy, the yes. exercise guy, were the best parts in it because oh, they were the sweetest people. And Malcolm, peop- and and Malcolm, Malcolm. yes, I'm sorry, Malcolm, were the sweetest parts of the film. And um, I think he was able to do what he felt he could do was honor his wife in her way. They were total opposites. And um, 
I love their love story. Yeah. I love how they lived. Because she grounded him in a way that was so... She grounded him and understood him. In such a beautiful way. And she gave him... He was very much a stone, and Mm -hmm. she gave him a lot of air and greenery to look around him. And he, there was a, a line in the film where he says that she was the color in his life. She and, was, he was the color. black and white. He was very black and white. He was very linear, and she was the color in his life. But notice, if you if you think about the film, and this is not a spoiler, this is just a, a note, the children of the of Marisol would always paint him in color. They always painted him in and color. And there yeah. was something to be said about that, because he didn't see himself that way, but that's the way other people saw him. Yeah. And I think that it, it was such a beautiful reflection in, in how... Those kids in the film immediately started calling him grandpa. Yeah, they called him abuelo. They immediately started calling him that because they felt that sense of of family, that connection with that him. Connection with him. Because I always felt like you know, you know, there were some things that happened in the film that didn't allow them to have a family like that. But he he was looking for that, and he found it in those kids. He, he was un, un, unknowingly looking for it, um, but he found it. For sure. He and, found it. Yeah. And um, he found it. And then, you know, at, at some point, he just, he let life take its turn. But, you know, I had a tear at the end. It was oh, a jerker. Yeah. Yeah, it was a jerker. Yeah, it, it was it a little bit of a ear, about it I now. joker. I'm I joker. It was a little bit of a tear jerker. Yeah. Um, Because towards the end, I was like, oh, man, here we go. <laughs> I got a little salty discharge. Yeah, I mean it's. I, I mean, I'm, I'm as I'm talking about it, I, I feel very emotional yes, about it. Yes, I see it in your eyes because he just. It was something so so pure about it, and and you know, That's like so I said, sweet. As I as I too get older, I think about you know, you think about life in different ways, right? Because I'm certainly not the person I was when I was 20, not the person I was in my 30s, certainly not the person in, in my 40s, but I woke up in my 40s mm-hmm. and realized that I am who I'm going to be yeah. from the time I was in my 40s. And now that I'm in my 50s, mm-hmm. I have moved the fuck on. I don't yeah. care about none of the shit that was I thought was important back then. It is certainly not. Yeah. And I, I totally see how this evolution can happen. Yes. And then when you you lose somebody that was your life partner. Yes. Then how that must change that you. That changes your world. If you've ever been in a long-term relationship and the and you break up and it's broken, you don't know how to do anything. I mean, I've been in a long-term relationship and when we broke up, I remember moving back into my old apartment and telling my roommates I don't know how to do laundry by myself being like really upset in the laundromat. Cause I was just like, I don't know how to do laundry by myself. I don't, I don't know how to go to target by myself. Like there were, there were processes and, and um, timed events that you would do every weekend or every month or every day. Mm-hmm. And that becomes so routine that when that ends, it's heartbreaking. Right. Um, and so poor Otto was just, experiencing heartbreak in so many areas of his life things were ending around him that he was just like well i'm done here 
Right. <laughs> and he wanted to be, he really wanted to be with his his wife and how he would lay in the bed and he would reach over for her even long after she was gone. Yeah. And he would still reach over to touch her but hand. But the world was still like, no, I don't, you're not quite done yet. And then he would go and sit by her gravesite. Yes. And he you know, visit her a lot. my mother said something to me one time, and I have to reflect on this, because when I saw him sitting at that gravesite, you know, talking to his wife. Mm-hmm. She said, well, are you ever going to come to visit me? And I was like, I'm really not a gravesite person, but I will think about you often. Right. And she, said, she she didn't know how to feel about that. Right, right, and, right. you know, my mom is, you know, 96 years old and still kicking and, and doing it pretty well. But, you know, I think about that and I was like, wow, that really that really means something to people and, and how, and to visit you them. know, he's got his name, you know, he's ready to put his name on the side of that stone with right. her. Yeah. And uh, which my mother is, too, because with my dad. And so it's very interesting about, you know, death. And I think that, you know, now we live in a new space around death and loss that, you know, people are actually talking about it more mm-hmm. and planning new ways of of honoring the dead and mm-hmm. and being you know, being in that next transition of life. So I think that this movie really kind of set that in tone. But he he literally had a full life. He once had a he em- full life once, once he, he embraced, embraced the hope. his new life. Yeah, once he embraced that new space and, and how he was going to change, he did so many things for everybody around him, from his best friend who was next door with Anita and and, and, and her husband. To his friend Terry. Right. And his neighbor Terry, that. to Marisol and, and her, her family and her children. Um, and he was he was the gatekeeper of sorts in their little uh, uh, community. It was like a little cul-de-sac yeah, of a community. For sure. Um, but um, but he and if you've, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are. If you've ever lived in one place for a while, you'll notice there are neighbors that are yes. the mayor. Yes, and Otto was the mayor of yeah, that place. There's always a person that knows what's going on, can help you out. And we'll get things right for you. And yeah. so um, Otto was that guy. And so I think when you look back on things in life, you tend to see the nuggets that created you mm-hmm. and how you can move forward. But yep. I will say this is on Netflix. And if you're looking for just a sweet little tale, um, watch it. super noncommittal, but super fun, go for the ride. I was not into this movie at all, but I was like, all right, that's what's playing. That's what we got. And that turned out to be sweeter than I thought. Tom Hanks is pretty much king of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so and, and, and he was, cannot be denied. And you know, and, and you know when I when I saw it and I said, Tawana, we really need to do this one. And I I felt like she was gonna be like, nah, I don't I don't know. But she it it I said we need to watch this one because everybody that I was following in and I've been watching online and everybody was talking about it, I said, okay, I want to see what everybody's talking about. And sure enough, but once again, I, I totally recommend this. It it gets a five out of five for me for sure. Yeah, this is totally a five without question. Highly recommend it to everybody. And your family can watch this with you. Yeah. Um, the kids will enjoy it, I think. Yeah. Um, but this was fun. And I was happy. I'm happy about this episode. This is a nice, easy, fun episode. We'll be back with some heavy hitters. <laughs> for sure. But for now. Summer movies are coming, folks. Summer movies are coming. We're just going to say we're glad you came. Absolutely. We're happy you're here. Yes. And if you like this episode, please be sure to like, share, and follow us on all our social media platforms. That is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, where we host, Spotify, yes. Apple Podcasts. Yes. Um, 
God, there's just a couple more. Okay. I think we have one more. But anyway. <laughs> if, oh, is if, that that Stitcher thing on Google? No, it wasn't. St- we're not on Stitcher. We'll put us on something else. Okay. Um. Oh, Pocket Cast. Oh, Pocket right, Cast, right, right. That's it. Right. But if you have anything to say to us and you would really like us to respond, please hit us up um, on any of our social media platforms. Make sure you use the hashtag. This hashtag BBM podcast. Hashtag BBM podcast. And we will respond. By the way, Spotify has a reply now. So if you want to reply to the episode, feel free. We will answer you. Yeah, let us know what you think. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you like. And I will tag the creator of this wonderful cocktail. Yeah. Thanks again, Will. We're here. We'll put it in the show notes. Thanks again, Will. This is Beer Bourbon. And a movie. And a movie.